0: Log Talk Radio.
1: You know, church has become so commercial until we have gotten away from its true purpose. It has become such big business until we allow people to operate and function as long as they have something to bring to the table. People are now more concerned about recording and living in life of the richest and famous rather than knowing Jesus. For the true purpose of the church is soul business, not big business. I don't know about you, but I would rather have nothing and know Jesus than
2: to have everything and not know this. You need to confess me today. Confess him with your mouth. Believe him in your heart. Do you know Jesus? You can know Jesus in your
1: heart. Good evening. Thank you for tuning in to the Light of Portland broadcast Good evening, and welcome to the Light of Portland. I am your host, Pastor Kimberly Black, and this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth unto all generations. I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continuously be in my mouth. My foes shall make a boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof hum- and be glad. Come on tonight. Magnify the Lord with me. Come on tonight. I don't know where you are. I don't know what you're doing, but just take out a moment and magnify the Lord our God. Make his name great. Make his name large, for he is in charge. We praise the Lord tonight for giving us this opportunity to worship with each other once again. Happy Black History Month to all of you. Amen. We're truly grateful to God for giving us this opportunity to serve him and to serve each other as we come together to lift up the name of our Lord and our God. How wonderful it is for us to be able to share today, this evening, with the Light of Portland family. We're just truly grateful to God for all that he is doing in our midst. I want to recognize all of the men and women that make this platform possible. Thank God for the butterfield. Uh, if it had not been for them sharing this opportunity with us, we would not be able to come ride in your car, sit on your job, or chill with you at the house. Thank you to the Butterfields for this opportunity. And to my friend and my sister, Pastor Sherrell Pennington, thank you, sister, for this opportunity. And we're so grateful. And to those that preach in the week, we are grateful to you tonight. We're thankful. And we're so excited. Tonight with us, our very own um, Elder James Wooten will be bringing the word on tonight. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to having a great time in the Lord. Um, We are going to, um, this is going to be a different um, month for us. Uh, So it's going to be good. So call your friends, call your neighbors, call your children, and tell them to join us for the Light of Portland. We're going to celebrate Black History Month. We're going to hear some some music, and we're going to experience um, the greatness of our God together. Amen. Um before we move on with our um we're going to have another song, we're going to have a prayer, and then the next voice you will hear will be that of uh, our speaker tonight, Elder James Wooten. Mahalia Jackson with amazing grace. For those of you that are in the Portland area, I'd like to share this announcement with you. It is a pop-up exposition. It's February the 3rd through the 11th at 815 North Killingsworth, Portland, Oregon. Um, on Fridays, they are open. Monday, I'm sorry, Friday. Saturdays it's five to seven and um, Saturdays it's noon to eight I'm trying to get this to open up for me and it's not opening um, but it is an exhibit of artists that attend Jefferson High School and they have local faces there that we can go and see this exhibit and enjoy um, the exhibit of the work of our young people um, that's this week the 3rd through the 11th. On Fridays, it's from 5 to 7. Saturdays and Sundays, it's from noon to 5. It's at 815 North Killingsworth, Portland, Oregon. Hope you take up the time to go and see um, the work of our young children, our young artists at Jefferson High School. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Father, we just thank you, O God, for your mercy, your grace. We thank you, Father, for your goodness towards us. Oh, Lord, our God, how excellent is your name. Father God, we give you the highest praise on today, and we exalt you because you're wonderful. You are good. You are great. And we love you, Lord. We bless your name. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. Father, we come before you to Ask, Lord, that you would forgive us of our sins. We ask, oh God, that you would cleanse us from all unrighteousness and that you would create within us a clean heart and renew a right spirit within us. Father, we come asking that you would touch this nation. Father God, we ask, Lord God, that you would allow your peace and your love to blanket the streets, to cover the hearts and minds of those who are plotting evil, who are thinking to bring harm to individuals because of the evil that's in their heart. We know, Father, that there's domestic violence. We know that there is violence among the police department. There's violence out on the streets among gang members. There's violence in our homes, Father God. There's violence on our jobs. And Father, we just pray tonight that you would cover us with your love and your peace. We ask that you would allow your shield of protection to encamp around about us that no hurt, harm, or danger would come upon us. Father, as we look to you today as the author and the finisher of our faith, we ask that you would bless our brothers and sisters that are houseless on tonight. Keep them safe, God, from the elements of the cold and the rain and the wind. God, we pray, God, that you would protect them from from just being out, God, on the streets. Lord, we pray for our brothers and sisters that are suffering in silence due to mental health issues. God, we ask, Lord, God, that you would touch their minds. I pray, Father God, that they would not be ashamed or afraid to seek help. And I pray, God, that we will not be judgmental. When we hear that they are seeking help, but we, oh, God, will be kind and be patient, that we would check on our brothers and sisters. Lord, we pray for those that are incarcerated tonight. We ask, God, that you would go behind prison walls and that salvation, God, run rampant through the sails, Father. Pray, God, that your men and your women, your sons and your daughters would come to know you as the risen Savior. Father, help us to lay aside every weight and every sin that so easily besets us, that we may run this race with patience. God, we thank you tonight for just being good, being faithful and so kind. We lift you up. We give you glory. We give you honor. We pray for those that are grieving tonight, Lord. Touch the hearts and minds of all of your people all across the land that are suffering and and grieving because of loss of a loved one. Somewhere, father, a mother is bearing a child. Somewhere, father, a husband is bearing a wife. Somewhere, oh God, family members are gathering together to celebrate the life of a loved one. We ask that you would comfort, that you would heal, God, that you would be in the midst, God, that you would strengthen them. That they, oh God, will look to you to be their help. Father, we pray for the man of God tonight that's coming to bring forth the word. We ask that you would take him deep down into the hidden treasures of your word. That he, oh God, will speak a word tonight that will transform our hearts and minds. That will cause us to look to you to be our help, to be our strength, to be our peace, to be our joy. We thank you tonight for Elder Wooten. Let the words of his mouth and the meditation of his heart be acceptable in your sight. May he speak a word tonight to give us understanding that we, O God, may receive greater wisdom. We love you tonight, Father, and we thank you and we appreciate you. Bless each home that is represented on this call tonight. Let your anointing now, God, flow and touch, heal and deliver. Come forth now, God, and do, Father, what only you can do. You know what we stand in need of. Bless us tonight. That is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
2: Come on,
3: give it up for the straight gate match. Somebody come on and magnify him now. Give him some glory. Come on, just open your voice, open your mouth and magnify him. Oh yeah, he's worthy. He's the great I am. Come on, somebody, come
0: on. Oh yes, he is, he's the holy one. Lord bless you. He is the king of kings. king of kings. he is the Lord of
3: He's the great.
2: The beat, yes, she is. I give you praise
3: Good evening, saints of God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we just come before you thanking God once again that we have another opportunity to come before the throne of grace. I am just so excited again, once again, this evening to just be in God's presence and able to talk about his word. Because how many of you know that it's in his time that all things are possible in his time? regardless of what our circumstance may be, regardless of what our backgrounds are, regardless of what our past was, regardless of where we come from, it's in his time. And he gives us many promises to reassure us that he will never leave us nor forsake us in his time. I want to speak to someone this evening In the mighty name of Jesus, just to encourage them, because I feel in my spirit that somebody out there has been going through the going through. Somebody is about to go through the going through. Somebody's already come out of the going through. And you might be wore down. You might be just just feel like you you can't go on any any further and you need to be reinvigorated you need to be recharged you need to be re-encouraged and so hopefully the word tonight will do just that and it will encourage you and so tonight we're talking about in his time in his time not our time but in his time and the scripture that we are coming from It's it's the book of John, the 16th chapter, and when you get a sec, I want you to read it uh, for yourself. We'll be looking um, primarily at our focus is the 33rd verse, but I'm going to give you some context because Jesus is teaching um, about using his name in prayer. Amen. How many of you know that it is important to have the right tools when you are doing a job? and when you have those tools they're only effective if you utilize those tools that you have and you must not only utilize them but you have to utilize them in the right way and so jesus is teaching his disciples yet again one of the final lessons because he is preparing to exit them and return back to his father in glory and so he's teaching them Uh, to use his name in prayer, because it's now the end of his journey and time for that of the Holy Spirit to come upon us. Amen. And I know that somebody this evening needs to know the power that they have within themselves that, that comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, sometimes we forget whose we are because we get blindsided like the disciples did when they were in the boat. And Jesus was resting, and the storm arose, and it built and built and built, and it started to rock the boat at first, and then it started to toss the boat. Then the waves got a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger, and just like some of our problems, they start off tiny and small, but over time, they grow and they grow and they grow. And they get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then we, we can handle them in the beginning, but then all of a sudden they're so big that we're so afraid because we get smacked on the left side. We get smacked on the right side. And then all of a sudden we just get overwhelmed and we just think, well, I can't do this. We, and we panic because we start focusing on the problem instead of looking at the problem solver. So Jesus comes to his disciples and he says to them, he, he, he says to them, uh, uh, he needs to... Uh, teach them another lesson uh, about using his name in prayer. So uh, John chapter 16, verse 17, 16 and 17 reads this following way. Jesus said, some of his disciples said to one another, what does he mean by saying in a little while you will see me no more, then after a little while you will see me? And because I am going to the Father, they kept asking, what does he mean by a little while? We don't understand what he is saying. You see, sometimes God can be speaking to us, but we are, we are not listening. We are hearing him, but we are not listening to him. So Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about this, and so he said to them, Are you asking one another what I meant when I said, in a little while, you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me? I tell you the truth. You will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You hear that, beloved? You will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. You hear what he said? You will grieve, but your grief will return to joy. Uh, will turn to joy. So he said that we will mourn while the world rejoices. See, you need to understand and remember whose you are, as he told us that we are not of this world. That that we are are we're of that 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 place in the sky called glory. And we are, we are of that place. And he said, this is not my home down here. I'm just, I'm doing visitation. I'm just visiting. So we have to remember
2: who we are,
3: but we know that it's in his time. Everyone has experienced setbacks, upsets, disappointments or loss at some point in their lives. And if you have not, then just keep on living and you will experience what I just said when we do I can uh, reveal the, 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 uh, uh, the, the true level of our faith because as we go through these experiences, it tells us where our level of faith is because how we deal with the situations that we're going through, whether it's current, whether it's already happened, or whether it's about to happen, speaks volumes about where we are in our walk with God. And in spite of ourselves, we sometimes fall victim to the temptations uh, thrown at us when we are at our most vulnerable uh, position. See, the devil doesn't play fair. He doesn't come to play fair, and, and he'll hit you when you are at your weakest, when you're going through uh, that storm, when you are distracted by the storm that's that's going on, that you forget about who's in the boat with you, that you focus on the storm that's raging and what the storm is doing, and all of a sudden you become afraid of what the storm is doing and forget about the one who can control the storm that's right there in the boat with you. But take heart, beloved, because Jeremiah 29, 11 reminds us that God didn't set us up to fail because he said, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and to give you a future. You see, God doesn't give empty promises, but God gives assurances. And when he says it, that's what he means. And he will restore exactly what he said. And he will do exactly what he said. And he gave us that promise to remind us who we are. But thanks be to God that when we are in a talk about spirit and not a walk about spirit, his love for us is unwavering because in spite of ourselves, we sometimes fall victim to the temptations uh, thrown at us uh, when we are at our most vulnerable, and then we get into that that talk about spirit. And if you don't know what that talk about spirit is versus that walk about spirit, what I'm saying to you is that that talk about spirit is when we're running around talking about how good God is, how much God is. We go to church and we lift our hands and we give God praise and we thank God for what he's done for us. But then all of a sudden, as soon as we get punched in the gut or as soon as we get hit in the side or blindsided by some problems or something happens that come upon us, all of a sudden we forget whose we are. Because we start getting overwhelmed by the problems that are coming at us, and then we begin to get in that talk about spirit and not the walk about spirit. You see, but he said we have faith as small as a mustard You see, oh, I'm preaching to somebody. I'm preaching to somebody. But yet he gives us yet another promise in 1 Corinthians 4 and 21. He said, uh, what do you prefer? Shall I come to you with a whip or or in love and with a gentle spirit. You see, when, when when you when I said we talk about it or walk about it. He said, What do you what do you want me to do? You want me to talk about it, or you want me to to come to you and walk about it and show you and back it up with with action, back it up with, with who I am. You see, we can talk about who's we are, but it's even better when we show people who's we are when we show people through our actions, even in spite of ourselves when we're going through something, even in spite of what we're with, we remember whose we are, because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And he told us and gave us many scriptures to take heart, for he have overcome the world. And and, and he says this in his in, in his word and he and he tells us. Now I want you to go over to the 33rd uh, uh, verse right there in chapter 16 in uh, in his times, because Jesus, uh, we're going to focus on this real quick, he says in the first line, he says, I have told you these things. He says, I have told you these things. See, when we have a talk about spirit, we rely on our wisdom. This knowledge is limited and very faulty. However, when we have a walkabout spirit, we are walking in the knowledge and the wisdom of God's Word. Do somebody hear me uh, tonight? I have told you these things he said. You see, God had experienced this before. This is why he tries to establish uh, his, 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 his context with us so that we, we are prepared for battle whenever it comes to us. He, he, it, it, it could be a personal battle. It, it, it could be a battle that we're going through at work. It could be a, a health battle. It might be a spiritual battle. No matter what the battle is, God has seen it be, be, before. And and understand, look at Jesus' word in verse 32, uh, or verse 33, excuse me. He says, so that you may have peace. He follows it up. He says, I have told you these things so that you may have Peace. So one, he prepares them to and, and let them know that trouble's coming. That trouble's coming. You keep living long enough, trouble is inevitable, and it is coming because you're living in a world that the enemy is running rampant, and trouble is coming. And sometimes that trouble is not small trouble. Sometimes it's big trouble, and and that big trouble could be, as I said, it could be you could get a a a a. a bad news because you, you, you're dealing with uh, uh, a cancer diagnosis. could be of yourself. It could be of your child. It could be of a parent. It could be of, of, a, of another loved one. Uh, you, you could get uh, news of the death of someone. I know this from personal experience because we've just experienced that. And you, you could get this news and it could hit you in a way that all of a sudden it seems like you can't go on any longer. It seems like you can't go any further. It seems like you can't do anything. But take heart Love it. For, because when Jeremiah uh, 29, 11, he says, I know the plans I have for you, declared the Lord. See, God already saw what was coming, and he already laid a plan out for, for what you needed to do in the process. Don't you think he has already been through this before? If you don't, you need to take a walk in your word. Like I said, look at Job. What did he tell Job? Job experienced some great tragedy in, in his life. Job lost all of his first set of children. His wife turned around and told him to curse God and die. His friends, who were supposed to be his, his advisors, turned around and, and went against him and told him, you must have been something to anger God. Not one time did they really think it through or really consult God on what was going on. But Jesus said, so that you may have peace, because he knew that even in the midst of the storm, he would give you peace, because peace was right there in the boat. When the disciples were standing there worried about the storm that was raging, the peace was there. But thanks be to God that their mind went back to the peace that was in the boat, that they had enough common sense to uh, 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 wake Jesus up and, and, and have him arise and let him know and apprise him to the situation that's going on. You see, beloved, when we have a toolbox, it's not just good enough to have tools and tools in that toolbox if we don't exercise those tools and we don't use them to the best of our ability. I don't think somebody is hearing me. When we don't use those tools, they're not effective. They're ineffective. But when we utilize those tools, the enemy starts to tremble and he starts to fear. The Word of God says that when when light appears, darkness must flee. See, when you accept the power of God because he is on your side and it tells us in his Word that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. That when we hear that in his word and we exercise those tools, then we start to see the power that we yet will. So Jesus said that you may have peace. See, Jesus knew his disciples had a tough road ahead, so he tried to prepare them for what was yet to come. And, and, and so he, he, he said to them, just like he, he tried to prepare us for what is yet to come, for what we're going through, what we're about to go through, what we already went through, so that you may have peace. God did not forget you. That's why Jeremiah twenty nine eleven is there to remind you that he, 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 he set you up to prosper, not to fail, to give you hope and to give you uh, that future. And and, and so that you may have success and you may have it abundantly. And he tells you, and yet that next sentence after he says, um, so that you may have peace, he said, because in this world you will have trouble. So he lets you know that trouble was coming. But how many of you know, beloved, that if if you have that mustard seed faith, that the, the faith that I, and, and I'm talking about that walk about faith, not the talk about faith. But if you got faith in God's time, all things are possible in God's time. In this world, you will have trouble. When trouble arises, yet God will give you peace in the midst of the storm. Yet God will give you peace in the midst of turmoil. Yet God will give you peace in in the midst of a battle. Yet God will give you a plan and focus you. Because everything does not all happen overnight. Sometimes it's over a stretch of time. But Jesus reminds us that he would never leave us nor forsake us. See, oftentimes when we experience such things as the loss of a loved one, we can feel like God has left us. Maybe it it was cancer, diagnosis of a a child, as I said, or a parent or a spouse. But he tells us in Matthew 11, the 28th uh, verse, verses uh, through 29, he said, come to me all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. See, he lets you know in his word that even in the midst of hell, while hell is raging, and while the flames are raging around you, that heaven is at peace and that you can find peace and comfort in the bosom of his arms. And all all you got to do is invoke his name, and in the midst of what's going on, and he will intervene because he said the battle was not yours, but that is his in the first place. See, we try to fight battles that is not ours because we think that just because we know him, that we know a few scriptures, that we we can go in the battle and we can take the enemy on. But the enemy is a powerful enemy. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And so we need to remember that. We can go to him for he is gentle and humble in his heart, and he will find rest for our souls. We can often have faith that, uh, uh, that can survive the shallow waters of life. Let me say that again. We can often have faith that can survive the shallow waters of life. But as we tread into the deep, the real test begins. Somebody didn't hear me. What I'm saying to you is that you can have small problems pop up, some, somebody looking at you wrong somebody talking about you, gossiping about you, calling you names. Maybe uh, uh, a child is is, is talking back. Uh, maybe you got in an argument with a spouse. Somebody cut you off and angry. You know the little things. See, we can handle those things, but when real tragedy hits, when real tragedy strikes us, then all of a sudden we begin to get rocked to our core, and all of a sudden our faith is really tested in God. Do we turn around and run to God, or do we turn around and blame God, or do we turn around and run from God. You see, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, because that is what his mantra is, and, and, and he's a deceiver, and that's what he comes to do. He comes to turn around and set you up so that uh, you can you can fail Because he, he wants to get back at God He doesn't care about you He doesn't care about anything that you possess Or anything that you can do Because you mean nothing to him But if he can get back at God Because you are God's creation Then he feels this sense of satisfaction But but you need to understand Who you are And where your power lies and And, and, and that power that you have Within you And sometimes when, when you are going through, it gets more deeper than what you can handle. But here's what I like about this verse. Look at the end of verse 33. He says, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Take heart, I have overcome the world. So he told us in his word, he said to us, I have told you these things in verse 33, so that you may have peace. You hear me? He said, so that you may have peace in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. Understand this, beloved. There is nothing you will go through that God has not already foreseen. He has already formulated a plan on your behalf, and he is already seeing it through to completion. He's already put the plan in motion, and it's already begun. Uh, uh, to, to, to remedy the, 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 the effect so that uh, you can see that God has already stood for you. All you have to do is yet stand still. Yes, the enemy is active and he lies like a politician protecting their interests. The word of God already warns us that he seeks to kill, steal, and destroy. But take heart, I have overcome the world. How do we know he has overcome the world? Because he said in his word. And if we utilize our toolbox and we open it up, we remember what the word says. When the devil opens his mouth and he lies and, and he comes to try to
2: deceive you,
3: hit him in the mouth with the word. Not with your word, but with the word of God. And and, and Isaiah 41.10 says, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and... And help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. And yet Hebrews 13 and 5 reminds us, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. And Second Corinthians 12 and 9 says, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. And you need to understand that his power works best in weakness. Luke 17 says, if you had faith, even as small as a mother. Seed, You could say that this mulberry tree, may you be uprooted and be planted in the sea, and it will be and it would obey you. Hallelujah, somebody. Glory to the name of Jesus. See, when you know the word and you can walk the word, then you have power. This is what makes the enemy tremble. This is what makes the enemy back off. This is what makes the enemy turn and run. Because when you allow the Lord's light to shine in, even in the midst of struggle, God already knows how deep your heart is and how it it's broken because you lost that loved one, but God already already set you up for success because when the enemy comes to set, set you up and knock you back, God is just setting you up for a comeback. See, he says, I will never put more on you than what you can handle. He already knew what your strength was. He already knew what you could do and what you needed needed for success. So he tells you in in his word, as John 16:33 says, "In me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Take heart in Him, because in His time, not man's time, not with somebody else's time. Yes, you are supposed to grieve the loss of." That loved one, and you're supposed to remember and reflect upon that loved one. But you're not supposed to stop living. You're not supposed to stop pushing. You're not supposed to stop running. You're supposed to run for the Lord. You're supposed to push for the Lord because greater is He is in you than He that is in the world. And God doesn't set you up for failure. God gives you all you need for success. I don't care what the doctor says. The doctor could say that this is all we can do. But if God says that you shall continue, understand this beloved man cannot put a period where God puts a comma neither can man put a comma where God puts a period. So when the doctor says that's all they can do, they're not lying to you that's all they can do. But you have another doctor that's that's much more powerful than the doctor that walk on this earth. And and he knows your anatomy already all the way, all way down to the very counts of the hairs of your head and he already knows what your what your remedy is and he already has a cure That's already on the way If you have faith as small as a mustard seed And you encounter God on that Damascus road Like Saul had to do And turn around and make that decision And just humble yourself before him And allow him to lift you up You shall find success Because in his time God will reveal to you what it is that he wants Some of you, he's going to provide healing Some of you, he's going to say No, I need you to come and be with me But if he tells you that Then he's going to give you that peace That passes all understanding and that peace will not only come to you, but it will transcend to those around you, so that He provides healing for 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 them, because He said, "In Me you may have." peace. And he said that, and he meant exactly what it was that he said. All we got to do is take him at his word. In his time, in this world, you're going to have trouble. Trouble's going to come. It's going to come in all forms and in all manners. But remember who you are and stand firm in the word of God. Put on the full armor of God. Put on that helmet of salvation. So when the enemy comes with his lies, you can block it off so he Can't put it in your mind and turn around and, and distract you. Put on the breath so that when he shoots his darts and his el- and, and and his arrows of insults and and false lies and falsehoods and everything at you they just bounce off of you because you got the breastplate of righteousness in you because you don't have to sit there and debate with the enemy who you are you know who you are let the world turn around and debate for you stand up in the words and then you turn around and you have on that belt of truth so that you can turn around when you open your mouth and 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 you retaliate against the enemy, he opens his mouth; lies come out. But when you open your mouth, the word of God comes and you speak the truth, and that light appears and that darkness must flee. And and he says, then you want to put on the sandals that is shot with the preparation of the gospel. And when you put on those sandals, that means that wherever you step, the word of God is with you and is stepping with you, no matter where you step in, You can step into the lions den and the word of God is with you. You can step into a whorehouse, and the Word of God is with you. You can step in a midst of battle, and the Word of God is with you, and you shall find success in the Word of God. Then he turned around and he tells you, he gives you the shield of faith, because that faith needs to stand strong. You don't need much of it. He said if you have it as small as a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. So all that means is that you just got to believe on a little bit. God will do the rest. Just believe on what God will do, not what what you see, not what you think, not what man tells you, but believe on what God's Word says. And he says, in this world you will have trouble. But he says, but take heart, but take heart. See, that faith right there is what engages. When you have that faith, that's what gives you the power to turn around and look at a situation when everybody else is downcast and they're crying, they're weeping. you sitting there about ready to shout. You can't hold your peace and and contain your joy because you know God is about to shout. up, And God is about to show out, and he's about to do some stuff. Even when it seems impossible, you know that through God all things are possible. And the more impossible it seems, that just means that God is about to be on display and people are about to see what he has. Because he said in his word, I have overcome the world. He said, I have overcome the world. Not I'm overcoming the world. Not I will overcome the world. He said, I have overcome the world. Meaning that it already happened. It's already in the past. It's already been. Behind you see he already fought that battle for you, so take him at his word and and use that shield of faith but wait a minute he wasn't done then he gave you the sword of the spirit so that you can turn around and be able to attack the enemy because sometimes you need to get the enemy out of your camp sometimes they're in your camp and you need to clear house you need to clean house see sometimes you don't turn around and hit them with your word sometimes all you got to do when the enemy show up is just open up your mouth and start to give God some praise and watch the enemy cringe and retaliate. Sometimes all you got to do is open up and just start praying and just start invoking the name of Jesus and just calling out his name, Lamb of God, Lion of Judah, a Prince of Peace, El Shalom, El Shaddai, mighty Jehovah. you just start calling his name. All of a sudden, peace will come into the house and into the room because you're exercising the word of God. See, you are taking the sword of the spirit and you are retaliating against the enemy because he said the battle is not yours because the battle belongs to me. And all we got to do is understand that it's not our battle, that it is his battle. But in his time, not your time, beloved, it may not happen when you want him. He, and, he, and he may not come when you want him to But God is never late He is always on time And that how we know? Because he also gave us That promise in his word And it's that famous promise That even the hypocrites know that promise That even the sinners know that promise That even the heathens know that promise And that promise is in nothing But John 3 and 16 For God so loved the world That he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And he said in Psalms yet 1 and 21, 1 and 2, I lift up my eyes to the mountains, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Hallelujah, y'all got me shouting somebody. You see, God said in one in one in the 119th uh, uh chapter of Psalms in the 105th verse, he said, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. See, somebody needs to start with Walking in life. You are a child of God. So stop holding your head down, looking down, and walking in pity and sorrow because of what you're going through. He already said that when you in mourning, God knows what you're going through. He'd see your struggles. But go in there and wash your face. Wash it or Hold your head up and walk like you are a believer and a child of God and watch God set you up and set you apart because your help is already on the way. In His time, in His time. All beings are possible. In his time. Gracious Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, may your anointing flow over somebody tonight. Father, may the word of your, 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 your Bible, Father, just turn around and come alive in somebody, Father. May they be like Jeremiah Phil and the fire shut up in their bones and, and that they just can't contain it and they're ready to just let it out, Father. I pray right now, Father, that somebody that needs healing tonight, that you would heal them in the mighty name of Jesus us through your word father somebody that needs encouragement and uplifting i pray that your word had brought that to them this evening father and would just stand them up and set them apart and remind them who they are father i pray for somebody that's walking wrong father that that they know who you are father they know everything about the promises in your word but father uh they have been in that talk about spirit father they good at saying yeah i know i know the lord oh yeah i go to church i go to church, but but they have been living alive, Father. I pray right now that your word would cut them, Father, and that they would bleed out all the bad stuff, Father, and they would turn and repent to you and say, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. For your word also says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And only you have the power to judge us. And you already said, you do not judge us, Father, but you do forgive us. So I pray that your forgiveness will be extended to them in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Elder Wooten, for that powerful message. I hope that we uh, were blessed by the word of tonight. I hope that Elder Wooten said something that can encourage us as we continue to take this walk and to realize that all things are done in God's time. His time, He he may not come when we want him to. But he's always on time. Thank you so much, Elder Wooten, for that word on tonight. Uh, My brothers and sisters, I pray that this week will be, you will find yourself saying that I'm blessed and I'm blessed, bountifully blessed. I'm blessed when I go in. I'm blessed when I come out. I'm blessed when I sit down. I'm blessed when I get out. Get up. I'm blessed in the city and I'm blessed in the field. This week, may we proclaim blessings over our lives. I love you tonight with the love of the Lord, and there's nothing you can do about it. Be blessed and have a wonderful week. Until next Sunday, ho!
3: Brothers and sisters, I want to welcome you back to life. Back to the one that can make your next chapter your best chapter.
2: Hallelujah.
0: How can it be? Church saying, come on. Loving you will be Jesus
3: loving you. Will be the death of me. <laughs> it sounds crazy, don't it? Hey. it to me. Let me tell you what it means.
0: I don't wanna love nobody, love nobody but you I really mean it
2: this time. I don't wanna love nobody but you I don't wanna love
0: nobody but you I don't wanna love nobody love nobody but you